0: try to learn that instrument. I did. I failed miserably. (laughs) It was too much work, so I gave up in about two weeks. (laughs) But yeah, uh, but just hearing it is, because the notes actually put an accent on the silence. That's the beauty of it, yeah. So the notes call your mind to the silence that surrounds the notes. get that spacious feel. So the same thing in a way with like what's manifesting here. Uh, The manifestation is like a note, but in a big context of silence. And uh, when the manifestation is dominated by a mental process I like to call selfing, and then there's a feeling of being that note, then the silence is forgotten, because all the emphasis has to be on the note. And then that's just noise. That just becomes noise. There's no melody or rhythm to it. There's no theme to it. It's just like agitated chatter, in my view. But if that sense of self can be questioned, and maybe entertained as not us, then the attention and interest Gets dispersed, and then, while the manifesting is happening, which it is, this is an action figure. You know, the there'll be an emphasis on the silence or the stillness, you know, which is the context of it. And I find the uh, note makes a lot more sense in correlation with the silence than just with other notes. Yeah, you know. it just uh, it loses its its theme if it's just concentrating on my note. <laughs> You know what I mean? So, uh, that's why I always love that stuff or art like that, that attempts to take your mind's eye away from the thing and then disperse it into the space that the thing appears in. Yeah. And because that's really what I believe is our original face, is that space that things are appearing in. And uh, to gaze into your original face can, pretty, can be pretty eye opening. Yeah, not eyes opening, but eye opening, like the, you know, that single eye that when it's open, the body is full of light. Yeah. So, I don't see how from one position you can get to the other position, but I do see how if the one position is seen as not a position, that there isn't a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, then you may find yourself in what you were seeking as another position you may find yourself to actually be the other position that you were hoping to get to. So I don't find it's a movement from one to another. It's just questioning the one. If the one isn't the one, that's it. There's an immediacy to it. There's an immediacy to the solution. Because the problem is seen as imaginary. So the greatest movement away is not a movement at all. You just recognize it's not you. And that's that, yeah. And that's that can take time here. It may take time. It may seem like it develops and gets deeper, but it's really based on that's that. It's like an immediacy to it, and that quality of timelessness is something that I run into a lot through the downloads, yeah? and I get it, I get it to be a, a main principle in that that it has nothing to do with time. It inserts into time, and it's actually what time is appearing in, the idea of time. But it has nothing to do with time. So it isn't about you practicing anything, though you may need to practice things here. But it isn't about you practicing anything. It's about the mind, that primary mind, that isn't achieved or contributed to or subtracted from by any behavior here. In other words, all the activity on the surface doesn't leave any mark on it. as you know, as you've probably experienced a lot of traveling as, when the self-centeredness is the dominant theme, it produces a density, really. A density. Or it's sort of like you actually are still conscious, you're seeing, but your head's been wrapped with saran wrap. Yeah. Each each layer of saran wrap is you can see through, but if you put 50 layers over it, It's going to distort. You'll still be thinking you're seeing. You'll still be thinking you're conscious. But the consciousness has been very dulled or densed out because you've got all this saran wrap. And I would say that's what happens in selfing. A thought or an idea of mind becomes the center of the activity and then the system revolves around it. And with that orbiting, and it's got an s- amount of speed to it. Because if it didn't, you would have a lot of experiences of space between all the thoughts and the ideas and everything. But it seems to sort of produce, almost like if you saw a helicopter blade. If it goes really, really fast, it looks like it's not moving. It seems like to become a solid thing. So in the selfing, it's moving so quickly, it almost produces like a hologram of a body as you that it's moving around, yeah? And so then that has its own gravity and everything stays in place, yeah. I, me, mean, my, I, me, my, I, me, mean, I, I my. Mean, I. It's all rooted in the sense of being a doer. It's all rooted in these ideas that keep sustaining this this assumption that you are, yeah? But all that you are in that form is an act of becoming, It's just mind trying to become something it can never be. You can call it a sense of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, a thing, and it just constantly desires to become, desires to become, and it can never fulfill itself, so it can't stop, yeah? It just keeps desiring to become, desiring to become. All the while, there's an aspect of mind that's just being, yeah? Being is complete in and of itself. It's not in any form of a process. It's not, either, it's not at a, the three-mile mark heading towards the ten-mile mark. It's not, in, it's not embarking. It's not departing. It's not arriving. It's complete in and of itself. All it is is expressing. Yeah, it's expressing, expressing, expressing. The expression has no other point but to express. It's not attempting to evolve into a completeness. Or to become more authentic than it already is. So in that sense of being, there's rest, yeah. In the sense of selfing, there's never rest because it's always in the act of becoming, yeah? It's always trying to be a self. When mind rests in one, it lives in agitation. Its realm becomes of time. It thinks quite a lot. It thinks about you as an object somewhere else at some other time. And it just plays. Yeah. Obsesses about you here, there and then, here, there and then, all around. Yeah, And in that sense of activity, it gets the feeling of being so. Yeah. But it can only appear to be so. It can never reach fulfillment. And that angst, that irritability, in recovery, in alcoholism, we call it irritability, restlessness, and discontentment. That irritability, restlessness, and discontentment never finds relief. It's constantly agitated because what it wants to become, it can't be. It can't be a long-lasting, independent, separate entity because it's prior to that. It's something other than that, yes? What confuses it, It wants. it hopes to be seen as a thing, which makes it blind to its no-thingness. Yeah. It doesn't sense that what it is is a, not of thing. And so when it doesn't feel to be a thing, it's desiring to constantly become that thing. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it drives someone crazy. You would call it obsession with self. And that irritability, restlessness, and discontent becomes a, an imperative, like the first order of business. I've got to get relief got to get relief. That's basically my job. I've got to get relief from this. But what happens is it's an identification as. So your sense of trying to get relief from it is to get relief as it, which is ravenous. It will eat every relief you ever bring to it. I got relief when I shot coke. But it, I never, it never brought me to a state of being relieved. I never just, one shot, one night I did a shot of coke and I put it down and I'm satisfied. That's it. I'm just ultimately coked out. There's no more coke for me. I've reached the level I've been seeking and there you go. No, it never ended up that way. It was constantly ravenous. Yeah. The more relief it got, the more relief it needed. Yeah. It was eating it like, like food. fueling its desire to become. (laughs) You could have seen that in one night, but some of us takes years and years and years of it. But once you see it, hopefully it wakes you up to the fact that that is never going to be fulfilled. But the state of being, which is available at all times, right where we are, is fulfilled. It's complete and whole, yes? It's not in the act of acquiring or achieving or adding on to. It's really seeking expression, I'd say. That's its one drive, maybe. Or like in the Course of Miracles, it would say, love has a nature of extending. So love has this drive to extend, yeah? So I would say beingness has a drive to manifest or express, yeah? It's a whole different story than attempting to find fulfillment in doing, than to see doing as an expression, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a totally different way to go. But if there's that identification as self, when the self tries to be, it's impossible because then being isn't seen as an immediacy. It seems as a like a proct- like the goal of a process or a practice. I'm going to practice, and then one day I'll be able to be. Yeah, I'm going to practice being. I'm going to practice getting into this moment. I'm going to get more into this moment every day. I'm going to wake up, and I'm not going to miss one moment in my day. I'm going to be constantly, totally awake, and I'm going to have my little graph of being and see how I did today. I was really being today, and I I missed some being yesterday, but I'm going to make up for it today. I'm going to really be, actually tomorrow. It's usually never now, but tomorrow I'm going to catch up on my beingness. And then one day, I'll have, I, I, I will have been being so much, I will be. I will just be. Yeah? But the whole point is, that's what's actually so. <laughs> You're taking a circuitous route to where, right where you are. <laughs> but see, without the route, you wouldn't be important as a self. Because remember, selfing is about becoming. So, to become a spiritual person is much more attractive than to be spirit. It is. To the conditional mind, to become a spiritual person can be incredibly attractive. It's like a lifelong, it could be lives-long practices that it gets totally enthused about. Because it has this belief that I'm going to become spiritual. You know? But just to be spirit is sort of like you know, dog shit awareness type stuff. It really is. It's just day to day. Yeah? There's no whistles and dong, you know, nothing. You know, no one may even not even notice it. <laughs> hey, you look really spiritual today. Ah, thank you. I've been practicing my loving gaze this morning. i happy you recognized it. You must be spiritual too if you saw the spirit in me. Ah, brothers and sisters. <laughs> that may not happen. People, people may still think you're an ass. <laughs> but all of that won't initiate any what? The desire to become. The desire to become. That incessant little match underneath your foot. The constant desire to become. Better or something or something or something or something. Yes? a desire to become. We're all like an urban renewal project that never ends. It's constantly being worked on somehow, <laughs> you know? This is incessant. It's, it's seeking. It's agitation. And yet when you find that it never goes to rest, then you mustn't have found the right salve, you know. It's a, sort of like an ointment with a rash. If you don't know what's the, causing the rash, you get a couple of ointments, and then you try one, and then it didn't work. You read the thing that was psoriasis. why well, it mustn't have psoriasis. Yeah, it's a clear way. And then one works, and then you read it, and it says, "Oh, this was for eczema. Oh, I must have had eczema." Yeah, very simple diagnosis. So, if all the seeking isn't bringing about bringing about the end of seeking, it's not seemingly working, <laughs> because it's not seeking for seeking's sake. Supposedly, it's meant to find. Yes, isn't that the point? I would imagine. But see, that's what you find out, that isn't the point. The point is in seeking. Because in seeking, I become a seeker, yeah? In doing, I become a doer. The whole point of the selfing is to produce the sense of a noun. You are that. You are a junkie. You are this. You are that. That's what it wants. It wants to complete its cycle, which it never can. It never can be. It can only keep becoming. Yes? Da, 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 da. It's the first form of addiction. The mind's addicted to the idea of being a self. Yeah? The mind is addicted to the idea of being a self. That's it. And it's a constant, constant application of the drug. It, its interest and intention is wedded to the drug, which is selfing. And by listening to selfing, not hearing, because consciously you hear the selfing, or you see it. But listening to it is different. That's when attention has been focused on it. And why? Because it's going to be about you. That little addictive song, it's all about you, is the drug of mind, of conditional mind. That's what it's drinking up. That's what it's shooting up all day. From there, it produces a lot of other consequences that form into other addictions when you try to get relief from this, which most people are attempting to do. They're trying to get relief from the addiction to self. And it forms other addictions. Yeah, And then you get lost in the secondary addictions and you try to get relief from them, but the imperative to do all of those is from the first addiction. The first addiction is driving the impetus to do all the other things. So when you stop trying, when you try to stop doing this, but you, the, the irritable restlessness and discontent which is caused here isn't dealt with, you will do something else. The mind will seek yeah. another form of relief which can turn into an addiction. It goes on and on and on. But if you see that the first addiction of mind, of conditioned mind, is the addiction to the idea of being a self. The feeling of a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. Identification as a body. We're talking about a movement of mind that I like to call selfing. Yes, And selfing is just that. It's an activity of mind that you see and hear, call it the thought system, and in listening to that and seeing it in a certain way, when you hear it or listen to it, it implies that there's a you listening to it, yeah, that there's a you that's doing it, there's, that there's a you that was doing it yesterday, and that there will be a you that will be doing it the next day, yeah, it implies it's like a production that its product, yeah, which is the feeling of being you, is placed as the producer. Yeah. The production is selfing. It produces a product, and that's the feeling of being a self. That product feels like it's the producer. In other words, you believe it's happening to you or you're doing the selfing. When it's just a mental process. But when the feeling of the you is produced, that feeling of the you is historically the doer or the done to. So now, when selfing is seen, it's felt like I'm doing it or it's doing it to me. Yeah? That isn't an authentic feeling that's produced by listening to the selfing. The selfing puts you asleep, in a way. It causes you to take yourself to be the doer, to be the haver, to be the claimer. So thoughts are never seen as thoughts, they're held as your thoughts. I did them. I'm doing them. I'm thinking this. Or they're about me. Once that position is in place, the bondage is is easily reinforced all day because K-Paul is playing all day. And you're attending to K-Paul because it's K-Paul, not K-Mary or K-Stu. Your interest in it is based on it's about you. Yeah? When someone comes over and tells you, hey, this is what I've been hearing from K. Steve, you're totally bored about the K. Steve broadcast. But the same broadcast, if it was under the banner of K. Paul, you'd be very, very interested in it. <laughs> Why is that? Is the production that good? No, the production isn't good at all. It's the, it's the audience that makes the movie really good. <laughs> it's, it's you. It's the attention and interest of the mind, where you seem to be, that is enlivening that movie. The movie sucks, basically. (laughs) But you're in it. That's what makes it seemingly so good. (laughs) You'll follow the whole series. You'll go and rent them after they're done. Watch them all at once one night. Eighteen chapters. Oh, me, 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 me. Yeah, you, if you you came and you had the wrong DVD, and as soon as you saw it wasn't about you, you would cancel the whole subscription. <laughs> Jesus Christ, boring as hell. You, it's not the uh, the production value of the movie; it's the audience. The audience is giving it all the meaning it has. Yeah, and when the audience is you and it's about you, you are locked into that film. You are locked into that film. And every bit of dialogue is to imply or infer there's a you. Every bit of it gets around to that. It's always pointing at this vague, seeming reality you think you are. Yeah? It never shows a picture of you, but it implies. Yeah? It infers. It refers constantly. And, oh yeah, if something, if something keeps pointing at, you think there must be something it's pointing at. Yeah? The whole thought system is pointing at a you, and while you're listening to the thought system, you never actually meet the you, but you just, hey, there's a you, obviously. And that you, oh, it's me! (laughs) Oh, 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 I found myself! (laughs) <laughs> if you're taking it to be so, it's really painful. That's the funny thing about it. Yeah, From every point of it, it's about you. Yeah, And it's also about the you that you actually are, in a sense. Because it's the interest and attention that gives it all the juice it has. That's why if you can entertain, you're not that idea of being Paul or Jim or Mary as a body. Yeah? your mind will lose interest in it yeah. and that interest doesn't get lost, it just goes somewhere else. So instead of being wedded to that slavery of obsession with that you, that interest attention may bring you some riches you didn't know were available because now it's dispersed. Yeah? Now you're interested in others, let's say. Maybe you're interested in nothingness. Yeah? Maybe you're attending to the space instead of the notes. Yeah, Maybe, 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 maybe. You don't know. You'll find out. That's what that's the beauty of it. There's no rote way it goes about, but you will find out because you'll be the living scripture of it in a sense. You will see it expressing and formulating and reformulating, and unconfiguring through this experience. Yeah? You'll see it. You'll become aware of it. You'll become conscious of it. Yeah? Maybe you are that awareness of it. Yeah? But let's just say you'll become. And that becoming of Awareness is Being, yeah? When you become aware, it can be the first and only birth. Because it's already been so. So when we become aware, that's that. (laughs) It's not a becoming aware of all the time. It's becoming aware. Because Awareness isn't in a process of fulfillment. It isn't becoming more aware. Because it was never less aware. There's just awareness. So when we, we, become aware, that's that. It's not a con- constant process of becoming aware. It's not like selfing. yeah. It's not like selfing, because selfing never ever can be. But awareness is already awareness. yeah. So when, be- when we're supposed to become aware, that's that. It's like being reborn or the spiritual birth. It doesn't say it's birthing, 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 birthing. Because that's what selfing is. Selfing is constantly trying to give birth to itself. Yeah? By what? By the thought system. And by the interest and attention wedded to it. So you become a loser in the morning. Then you're a winner in the afternoon. Then you become a lover at night. Then you become a bad lover the next day when she says, I hate you. And then you become this. You're constantly becoming something in selfing all day. Yeah. But when you become aware, that's that. Yeah. <laughs> the awareness just <laughs> it's an incessant state that seeks expression. You, know? you may seem like you become more aware, but you'll never It's just so it's so different, self-centeredness and centeredness. It's totally a different thing. It's still mind, but one aspect of mind is centered on this idea of being self that causes its life to be very small, yeah? And it causes it to, this to be the center of the universe, which this cannot handle, really. That's way too much attention for this to handle, yeah? So that self-centeredness is always fixed on a certain location, you as a body, yeah? But centeredness can be anywhere and everywhere because there's no location in time or space. It's just centered. And if it's centered in something that's everywhere, then everywhere is the center. If it's located in time at a timeless place, then at any moment in time, you're there. So it becomes an absolute recognition that it's always available at all times right where you are. All the requirements come from you, in a sense. There's no requirements from there. There's no there, but let's say, there's no requirements on that side, all the requirements on your side. So what are those requirements? To me, they're the act of playing God. You play God with the idea of God. Check it out. Who tells you how you're doing in your pursuit of God? You do, don't you? You know, you look at your resume. I went to a lot of retreats this year. I'm getting close I'm doing I'm getting close to God I can tell and then let's say you act out or you do something that you would call someone who is approaching God wouldn't do let's say then you're far away yeah. isn't that God isn't that playing God with God yeah. in recovery we say the first big requirement of the whole program it's not a, it's not a written step but it's the unspoken step I think which is quit playing God it doesn't work that's what selfing does. It plays God. Yeah. It attempts to it attempts to take credit for consciousness. Yeah. It comes after the conscious contact, but when it arises, it places its idea of you to be before the conscious contact, and now you're the one who's conscious. I'm the one who's seeing. I am hearing. I am feeling. I am tasting. I am thinking. I am doing. Yeah, but in fact, they all like Buddha said: when you see, see; when you hear, hear; when you feel, feel; when you taste, taste; when you touch, touch. Yeah, but in the mental process of selfing, when there's the, the uh, awareness or the when it becomes conscious of the of contact, it says, "I'm in contact." So it's not about when you hear, hear; it's when you hear, denote the hearer. When you see, I'm the seer. When I feel, I'm the feeler. Yeah. It's an incredible hijacking. It says, when you see, see, when you hear, hear. But the mental process, when seeing is seeing, it's, I'm the seer. Yeah? When hearing, I'm the hearer. Feeling, I'm the feeler. Yeah? It claims something that's prior to it. So the conscious contact is what's providing life. Yeah? We're in conscious contact. And I would say, what's in contact is consciousness, not us. Yeah. And then... These gates of awareness or gates of the senses are actually just facilitators of consciousness to have contact. In other words, the eye isn't seeing, obviously. Yeah, The eye facilitates seeing. The eardrum facilitates hearing. The nervous system facilitates feeling. But without animation or consciousness, there would be no seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, and touching. And to attempt to put you prior to that, when you are an appearance in it, is a really incredible move to sort of assume that I start here, this body which is here and here is consciousness and then place the body behind consciousness and start claiming I'm the one who's seeing, I'm conscious, I can be unconscious, which is an amazing move. You know what I mean? (laughs) Once consciousness is claimed, then it gets split. I can be conscious or unconscious. So now your availability of consciousness is based on you, <laughs> you know. And so, consciousness now becomes something that you can do yourself into. I can become more conscious. I'll just. I can become less conscious. Who's the Who's the big god player in that? I would say you. Eh? <laughs> So, what would happen if you actually saw the idea of self, yeah? and there was a sense of the seeing of the idea of self? Yeah? The feeling of being a self can be seen. I would say the seeing is prior to that feeling. Yeah, I would say maybe, just maybe, you are what's prior to the feeling of being a self. I would say you and I are the seeing of that feeling of being a self. Yeah. So, in other words, I'm the seeing, not the seer. I am the hearing, not the hearer. I'm the feeling, not the feeler. Yeah? I will never be able to feel what's feeling. I'll never be able to see what's seeing. Never. I'll never be able to hear what's constantly hearing. I'll never. Because I'm looking for something, I'm looking for it as a thing. And it's actually the nothingness. It's a verb. It's seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. You can never, never take seeing back to a seer. It's always just seeing. Yeah. There's not seeing, 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 and then a seer. Just like we're attempting to do. Seeing, 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 seer. And then on a bigger scale we say, seeing, 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 and then God's the seer. It's the same thing, in a way. We're trying to put a noun in an, in like a giant... Void of verbing. We're trying to imply there must be a doer somewhere in this. But maybe there isn't. Maybe what I am is really the seeing of what I'm not. And everything that's seeing here is what I'm not. And it's the seeing of that that's what I am. I'm not something else than this, but I'm the seeing of this. I'm the seeing of it. On that act, that incessant act of seeing, that doesn't feel like anyone did it, in a way. So, because that's why I have to claim it, because it's just seeing. It never seems to have stopped seeing, and it never seemed to have started seeing. It's just seeing. It's not like, oh, this is where it started, so enter there, and now from now on, they will be seeing. And this is where it's going to end, and so you can get out there. No, there's a feeling that it's never not been. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> That's the beauty of it. When there's a sense of self is not seen to be you, a very strong feeling that goes with that is there was never a sense of self. There was never a self. It isn't like, oh, there was once a self and then somehow I did something to provoke it from not being a self. But there was, the feeling when it drops is there never was one. Yeah? It's one of the first big hits yet. There was never an idea. There was never a Paul, you know. Never, no. There was, it never had one moment of existence. It was just a constant produced appearance by mind. Yes. And it wasn't even constant. It was more assumed. Yeah. So if you take timelessness out of it, and you take the, uh, the need for becoming out of it, then what is it? It just is. And what does that imply to you? That you're just is. You are that which just is. Yeah. That I find mind can rest in. Mind can rest in there because there's no process, there's no movement, there's no desire to become. It's restful and peaceful. And if my interest and attention, which has been fueling the idea of obsession with self, yes? It's what's given it the technical quality. It's what's given it that PanaVision feel. When an interest and attention is unwedded to the idea of being a self, that same interest and attention that fueled the obsession will now produce the sense of abiding in the truth. Yeah? The same interest and attention that seems to be fueling all the mental anxiety will be will be laying the bed of rest. It will be the, that enjoyment of peace of mind, the same interest and attention, just put into a different vehicle. Instead of putting in, it being put into self-centeredness, it's now put into centeredness. Let's say its effects here in manifestation are extremely different. One provokes agitation; the other pro- provokes rest. Yeah, one provokes a very discomfort in one's seeming skin; the other one an easing comfort in one's skin. One faith in a false system of thought produces tons of anxiety that provokes the physiological effects of fear. The other, interest and attention put into another, yeah? State of mind produces that peace, that rest, that abidance that you call the abidance in truth. Yeah? It's the exact same interest and attention. unwedded from the selfing and then allowed to follow its own course to its own source of no-thingness. Instead of putting the interest and attention as, a, as an activity done by a thing, you start questioning the thingness and then the interest and attention is seen as an expression from a source of no-thingness. Let's say called consciousness, yes? So now it goes out and it never forgets its home while it's going out. In the wedded to this slavery, it takes itself to be a thing, and therefore you're glued to all those thoughts about you. Every feeling is cast as my feeling. Yeah? Every situation is my problem. Time is my time. Children are my children. Body is my body. Thoughts are my thoughts. Everything is is pr- produced this claustrophobic effect yeah? of attention and interest living in this self-centered loop. It never goes out. Everything that it meets it meets as a you, everything no matter how many people i meet i 'm the only one they 're meeting it produces a lot of mental illnesses when it's when it goes to its home, which is dispersed, yeah, which is everywhere, which is no thingness, which cannot be fixated on because it 's not an object, yes. When it goes there, then the interest and attention spreads out, yes? Like the lens opens up. Your seeing has a quality that you can never find by looking for it. It's not a form of looking, like self-centeredness. It's seeing. See, and the seeing has a sense of something in and of itself. It's not what's being seen. It's just in the seeing there's a quality to it. I would call it presence or a sense of spaciousness whatever you want to call it, clarity, but there's a sense of something just in the seeing, where mostly we're just deriving whatever sense we fall upon by looking. Yeah? We don't get the flavor of seeing in the looking, because self-centered looking is focused, it's got an intent, it's got, a, it's got an agenda, which is a desire to become. So everyone is suffering from a form of looking called self-centeredness, and then we're trying to find other forms of looking out here to try to correct that distortion you know religion spiritual practices and everything like that yeah so we have a pair of glasses that we take us to take to be our eyes yeah and so we put on another pair of glasses to correct those and maybe we say and then if we're practicing something we seem to be able to take them off and put them on but we don't seem to be able to take off the other pair of glasses because we're identified as that these aren't pair of glasses this is me this is how i see yeah when you question that Am I that? Then you entertain, you can take off this pair of glasses. And that's the real freedom. So you don't need all these other corrective lenses. You take off the distortion glasses. And the scene is bright and clear. And blue is seen as blue, and red is seen as red, and green is seen as green. Yeah? Some clarity arises. The whole point, though, is the question, If you're identified as it, you won't question. You can take them off. They'll be your eyes, yeah. And you'll spend a lot of time going to eyeglass places. You know, you'll be going from this meeting to another meeting to another meeting to another meeting. Trying, can you polish these glasses? Polishing your eyes. Just take them off. (laughs) Stop polishing the eyes. The glass. right, now I'm looking Kabbalah way, or the Torah way, or Buddhist way, you know? (laughs) But (laughs) all glasses will fail you. If you were clearly seeing, and you put on glasses, the glasses would distort the seeing, in a sense, yeah? No matter how good a pair of glasses, or how great they looked, they would actually be distorting the seeing, not correcting it, yeah? Natural seeing needs no correction. It's self-centeredness, which is a pair of glasses, that is taken to be the way we see, naturally. Yeah, that needs correction. But to me, the highest form of correction is taking them off. <laughs> Instead of spending all this time finding the right, like, what do they call it, the right formula, you know, 120 and 10, whatever they play around with, getting so it works really good. Yeah, yeah, why not just take the glasses off? Well, I can't, they're me. Yeah, well maybe they're not. That's what I found. When I was introduced to this idea for the first time in years, and I've been practicing a lot of spirituality, for the first time in years, I entertained the possibility, hey, if I'm not that, yeah, which is driving all this energy to try to get better, which is driving me to sit in shacks in Thailand for fourteen hours <laughs> meditating. <laughs> If I'm not that, really, if just possibly I'm not that, then I could be free of it. I don't have to spend my life trying to make it better. (laughs) You know what I mean? I don't have to spend my life, you know, making excuses for it, you know? Stop not going to any more parties because I'll be an asshole or whatever. You know what I mean? I can not never get married. Forget it. It would be totally terrible. All this stuff. All this life getting smaller and smaller and smaller to come just to make... Room for that freaking thing, and it's always going to demand more room. Yeah, I have a little story I like to tell. It's more related into recovery, but I sort of like it. So, let's say uh, in recovery we do this thing. I'm from a program of recovery you know, originally, whatever originally. I don't know whatever. I've been there for 24 years, but in this program, there's a part that's. Uh, it says uh, that hey. This is to be convinced that self is what has defeated us. Yeah, the idea of selfing. To convince means to believe with certainty. It says, "All right, to be convinced that self is what has defeated us." It says, "Self manifested in many ways," which is what happens. Yeah, if you look at the dictionary, look up the word self, and it has a hyphen, and they have about 90 attributes that self can uh, express, like self-destruction, self-love, self-trust, self. self, humiliation, all these things, yeah? These all attribute, attributes are manifestations. If you look at the, the word dic- spirit in the dictionary, there's just one word, yeah? Self has about 120 attributes, so you, you've got to see the world we seem to be in. <laughs> so, so it says, being convinced that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. It's a beautiful statement, yeah? Because it's it can provoke a surrender, yeah. And a surrender I can't I don't believe you can be taught a surrender. It has to be given to you. That's what happened with me. I would say it was what I would call in the field of grace. Because uh, when it hit me, I had I had been run over by cars and shot at and everything like that, but none of those had provoked a surrender. But it was just a regular day at the office, and something happened. Something came into the mind, and the seeking, the selfing, stopped for about four minutes. And I never knew it could possibly stop, because it seemed to have always been on, yeah? But it stopped, that, that, that chatter. And that sound, that sound that gets so accented by the silence, there was just the silence accenting itself. It was, and my whole mind changed, and I haven't drank since haven't used since, and it only seemed to have lasted in time for about four or five minutes, but the solution that came through that four or five minutes has lasted for 24 years, and it has a huge amount of juice in it still, so it was a pretty damn good thing. Well, here it says, self, manifested in various ways as why it has defeated us, we will now look at its common manifestations, and this is what we do, a, what we call an inventory process, yeah? So, let's just say, here's this is the way I like to... Pro- to tell a story about it. So, I have a beautiful lawn, really nice lawn. I have a nice porch. And I love to run around the lawn with no shoes on, and, you know, in the mist in the morning, the morning dew. And I have picnics on this lawn, and I have lawn bowling. And a lot of my life is lived in my backyard. It's a beautiful lawn. And then one day I jump off the, the porch, ready to run around in the morning dew, and I slam in a big pile of doo doo, you know, dog doo. So immediately my life gets a little smaller. I can't wear. I got to wear shoes now every time I go on the lawn. So I jump up on the thing and I go inside and I'm just gonna ignore it and see what happens. (laughs) So I come out and it's starting to smell and I walk and I see where it is. So I walk somewhere else and I land in some more dew. Yeah. And then I notice there's a lot of shit everywhere on the lawn, and it's starting to stink like high heavens. So I had a lawn bowling thing, you know, scheduled for that day. I had to call it off. Yeah. And then I go inside, I sleep on it. Next day, it's even worse. So what happens? I go in the porch, I just pull down the shades. I go to a store, I buy some pictures of beautiful lawns. And I just sit in my room reminiscing. Oh, it was so great when I had a lawn. And I have other people suffering from the same thing. They come over. And yeah, look at that. Yeah, it reminds me of when I could play around in my lawn. And, well, you want to try? No, it's forget it. It's full of shit. I mean, it's, it's, Let's just look at the pictures, you know what I mean? So then one guy comes in, knocks on my door, says, hey, I think I have a pr- solution to your problem. And I'm very, very eager because the problem is really a big problem, yeah? And he says, hey, if here's these pooper scoopers, yeah? If you get really good at them, maybe you should buy two. If you get really good at them, You can pick the shit up quick enough. You'll be able to maybe enjoy about four by five feet of your lawn. You know what I mean? It won't be like the old days, but it'll be like, you know, you'll have a little bit of lawn. Maybe you can have a, you know, like a solitary picnic. Just you. (laughs) Don't lay down. Just stand up. But you'll have the lawn. A little bit of it. And you go, okay, that motivates you. I want to get better. And you're getting pretty good. And the word gets around. Hey, there's a guy that knows how to pick up shit pretty good. And then, uh, so people start calling me up. And they, uh, they ask me, well, what poopa scooper do you use? And I have an autographed version now. I've got a little deal with the poopa scooper company. And they've asked me to write a book about it. And I, and I become like a circuit speaker. I'm going around speaking. Because a lot of people are in the same situation. You know. They had a beautiful space in life, but now they don't can't seem to use it anymore. So I get, you know, an identification starts arising. I become like a a master pooper scooper, let's say. And a lot of people are looking for me for help. And I've got a position and I'm getting filled with myself. Yeah, The desire to become is quite strong. Yeah? And so then one day a guy comes knocks on the door and he says, hey, I heard about your problem. I said, what problem? You know, I've solved it. I'm a master pooper scooper. I've got tons of people calling me. I'm on a big circuit. I've got a convention I'm going to next week. And He says, yeah, I've heard about your problem. I said, no, 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 no. He says, okay, well... If you don't care, I'm going to tell you anyway. And he says, well, what is it? He says, well, find the dog. (laughs) What? Find the dog. And then he walks right out. What do you mean? Find the dog. If you get rid of the dog, whatever that dog is, there won't be any shit. Yeah? You won't be able to put down the pooper scoopers. But at this point now, it's a threat, because he's got some uh, identification going as this master pooper scooper. So he actually doesn't want to find the dog. Yeah? He likes it just the way it is. Yeah. He doesn't have a lawn anymore, but he's got a lot of image. Yeah. And the thing is, that's the dilemma. Because the dog is us, in a sense, and the mind loves it. It loves the dog. It likes to complain about the shit. It does. It likes to talk about it a lot with other people. But when it gets to the point of getting rid of that dog, it doesn't like to cross that line. Yeah. But if the dog ain't you, if the dog ain't you, it's a complete different situation. You will get rid of that dog immediately and not look back. Yeah? And then no more shooting ensues. Then the shoes can come off. Then you got the yard. You can take those pictures down. You can start enjoying your space, yes? You may have to give up being the master pooper scooper, but hey, I think it's worth it. Yeah, There'll be plenty of people still want to buy the scoopers. But then there'll be that freedom from want, that bondage, that bondage to self, or that bondage to that dog, or that bondage to the relief from the dog, or that bondage that's just producing more of a fixation of desiring to become. Because in that pristine state, there's no need to do anything, is there? Except to express and enjoy, in a sense, yeah. You've got a lot of space. You're like a free-range person then, yeah. The bondage of self is not based on self. It's based on the interest and attention. When self is taken to be you, that's the glue. Self does not have a glue. It's an idea. It's the interest and attention that glues the mind to it. Yeah? It's identification. And that identification is not so. So that glue has to be applied constantly. That's called the obsession with self. That obsession with self applies the glue. The glue never, never sets. It never, never produces a bondage. It just appears to produce a bondage. Yeah? At any moment, if questioned or seen, it's not so. But if it is in question or seen, it seems to be so. Yeah? Constant, constant application, constant application, constant application. Yet never, never fulfilled. It can never bond. It can never be. It can never be. That's the solution. It can never be. Therefore, it never was, nor will it ever be. Yeah. So by seeing what you're not, that's what you are. The solution is seeing that it's an imaginary problem. So therefore, there's no need for a solution. Yeah? What would you have to do if you saw that something that was driving you crazy was actually not happening? What would you have to do? nothing. Yeah, It's just the seeing that it's not happening. All of the seeing brings you to the same place, the place you always are. Yeah. It's incessantly on. Seeing never stops seeing. It never looks a different way, it never blinks, it's seen, that's its nature. Yeah. You are not the seer, you are not the doer, you are the seen. You are what you call a movement or a verb that you as the noun does, that's how it's masked. You believe it's something you're doing and you can't see its nature. Because you think it's coming from you, yeah. I'm the one who's seeing. I'm the one who's feeling. But the real nature is seeing. We're one. We're looking. We look in a noun verb way. Every doing there must be a doer. Ever ever having there must be a haver. Somehow we can't let it just be. It has to become a noun. This is the failedness of the system. That's why this system will not get it. It will not get it. But all around, this system is being seen. It is surrounded in and of seeing. Every moment the system is noted, it's the seeing that's noting it, not you. Seeing is noting it. Every Every thought that's ever been seen, you have never seen it. Never have seen one thought. There's the seeing of the thought, and then the story that you are the seer kicks in. Yes? Yeah? Is it possible to have a um, a preference for a particular outcome in a situation without there being identification? Yes, definitely. You are going to have preferences. The action figure. It has biases and preferences and everything well, everything else, but you're not the one who has it, yeah? To try to give up preferences is a preference in itself, yeah? <laughs> that's the whole point with self. Self can't get out of self. So if you study about how to get out of self, that could be a form of being in self. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't ever get out. It's, and that's what happens. We get, our attention gets lost in the Chinese thumb puzzles, you know, whatever, and we don't see the bigger picture. That all of this is just activity based on there and then and duality. Yeah? It moves. It's like, it's like uh, tides on a, a body of water, a low and a high tide, and then currents. Yeah, We're taking those to mean something. Yeah? But all they are are just movements of mind, and yet the context of mind is seen. Well, it would definitely seem to be that if there's a if it's to you, <laughs> because then the you has been produced. Yes. So it would be the most powerful. You know what I mean? That's why I always like to end it with to you. If it feels like that to you, that's the demonstration of its power, because the to you is what it produces. Yeah. For the selfing to be super powerful, it has to be to a you, <laughs> because that's what it produced, the feeling of being the you. <laughs> The selfing's happening. Yeah, sure. The mind-self's a lot. It's an activity. It's like pissing. Do you piss once, and that's it for the rest of your life? Do you digest once, like I... I, did, you know, I combined twelve years of eating, and one weekend I went on a digestion retreat, and I digested <laughs> all that food, and now I don't digest now for the next thirty years. It's a mental process, just like a physical process, called selfing. That's what it's doing. Yeah, but but I just I guess I have this notion that once the seeing is the selfing is seen through, the mind still operates like a mind. Yeah, that's the self. The No, no, no. The selfing uh, shows up. But it doesn't produce its product, which is a self. Yeah, the feeling of being a self. In other words, the well it definitely slows down a lot and everything, but it doesn't have to stop. That's not a, there's no prerequisite because there's a seeing of that. As soon as long as the product its product is the feeling of being a self, that doesn't get produced anymore. There's just selfing, yeah? that's why it's that's how you can describe it you come here and describe it because you're not it anymore so you can tell you can see it because now the emphasis is on the seeing of it not on being what it's what's being not being it yeah that's where you can come here and the, the only teaching you can do is about what you're not you can't teach anyone about what they are yeah it's impossible all you can do is teach about what you're not that's to me is the best way is to describe the activity of what we're not with the hopes that the mind would come out of that mental yogic posture of selfing, the one asana it's been in for years, you know, and come out and then receive, hey, I may not possibly be that. And then the mind unfurls, and in that unfurlment you know what you are in a sense. There's a sense of being that. And the emphasis shifts from what you're not to what you are. And then that's where the seeing becomes stabilized. So now you see the selfing, you don't see from the product of the selfing. Yeah? Once, when there's the seeing of the selfing, let's say before the seeing, well, let's say, when there's the seeing from the selfing, that's being the product of it, yeah? So that's a form of looking called self centeredness. Yeah? It's still seeing, but it's, it's bastardized now, yeah? The mental process has claimed the scene as something it's doing and now it's for a form of looking called self centeredness. Yeah? That can be seen, and if it's seen, it doesn't happen. It doesn't the product doesn't get produced. You don't have the feeling that you're doing it. Yeah? And that's why you have no interest in it. Because it's not about you. The tr yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that product and the feeling of being in front is the product. Because selfing can produce a product. But as long as the product isn't put in front to be thinking that it's the producer, yeah. then, it, then it's... Well, actually, selfing, that's, that's the product it produces. Okay. It's the feeling of being the self. And the self always has to have a historical position. Or you wouldn't feel you were here. Yeah. You have to have a feeling that you were here before something happened, yeah? So that you could seem to be the source of it. That's a feeling. You didn't have it when you were a baby. It's been produced by the mind, yeah? The mental process produced it. It's a trick because we're actually a product of an activity, but we're put in front of being the one the activity is being done to or doing it, yeah? It's a tricky little maneuver. So you have a feeling of being historical, just like if you have a beautiful event, like an epiphany, yeah? You know, where there's been an interruption in the linear story of you, and then there's... For some people, it's an incredible, highest experience they'll ever have in this life, yeah? And you'll notice, though, if you've ever gone through anything like that, when it seems to end is when the mind rises up and says, oh, I just had this incredible epiphany. So the self inclaims it. Puts the you, and the feeling is, as soon as that happens, you feel like you were there before the epiphany, you, yes? And therefore, the epiphany happened to you, and now you are here after the epiphany, and therefore the epiphany happened to you, yeah? Yet, it didn't happen to you, at all. It happened, yeah? You see how it claims it? That's what it does. It has, life is happening, and what the selfing does is claim it. It claims life as if as if it's happening to you. That's its whole move. Because it doesn't have a life, and for it to become it needs a life. So it has this life, yeah, and it's calling it my life. Yeah? And it has to keep calling it my life because life will bleed through as life quite easily. So no, I gotta keep tattooing it with my life, yeah? Which is the act of claiming. You watch it. That's what it does. It rises up. And when it rises up in claims, it's, it produces a historical feeling of being there before what was claimed. <laughs> yeah. So I'm always the claimer of everything. That's who I am. I am me. This is my life. <laughs> yeah. Yet, it's so obvious that it's not so. It's a sleight of hand, which takes time to do. Yeah. The consciousness is prior to... The mental process. The mental process takes time. Consciousness is... Yeah? Mental process takes time. The mental process takes time to claim the consciousness. And make it something I'm doing. Yeah? It takes time. That's where the solution is. Because the solution is timeless. So, the solution to it is always available at all time because it's timeless. Yeah? Once you start getting the flavor of timelessness, you'll see the, the, the whole thought system of selfing is drenched in time. It's drenched in time. All of it takes time. All of it is expressed through time. Its value system is of time. It doesn't really care about now at all. It cares about there and then. yeah, Because there and then, it can fixate on itself as an object and picture you in the past, and picture you in the future, which keeps the little sense of continuum going, of you as the one who's in life, instead of life, instead of the immediate contact of consciousness with what's in contact with, with things, that there's been a middle man and a middle woman put into it, that's been, that's put in place, now I'm the one who's conscious, (laughs) yeah, and I have tons of opinions about what I'm conscious of, and I, I don't want to be conscious of this anymore. I think this should be this way, and that, da, 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 da. and it goes on and on, and once it seems to, once the desire to become, initiates, it will just geometrically progress, yeah, once there's a feeling that it's about you, there'll be tons of thoughts about it, (laughs) Seriously. Seriously. Yeah? Why do you think it's in time for? Because you can only appear in time. Yeah? That's the beauty of this, whatever we call this moment. You are inherently absent here. You seem to be constantly present there and then in the thought system. But here, you're inherently absent, actually, as a Paul. Yeah? Nothing here is signifying there's a Paul doing anything. It's just made up in the head. It is, really. This seems to be going on quite undisturbed by any, you know, guy or woman doing it. Yeah? It's just doing. Yes? But in time, in time, voila! Jeez, I was so... You should have saw what I was doing then. And I have tons of guilt and shame for what I did then. And oh... I'm so worried about what's going to happen to what? Me, me there, me, me. We did a simple thing. Try this any time you like. You're sitting here right now. Look at your experience. What is it? The experience is I'm seeing you. Yeah. In this case, from there, I'm a you. Yeah? So it would be I am seeing you. Yeah? Everyone would have the same statement. No matter what direction we were looking at, if there was people, everyone would be seeing a you. Yes? So let's say if I brought 800,000 people here, the same experience. I would be seeing you. If they were all looking in this direction, this would be the you they would be seeing. Yes? Everyone agreed. Eight billion people. Same thing. All eyes, the one eye seeing this one seeming you. Millions of people. Okay? Now, from my point of view, I'm seeing you. So you're a you to this I. So, this is an object that I am seeing. Okay. Now, S, when I ask myself, who's this I? I don't say it's a you. I say it's me. Yeah. Now, if I ask everyone else who's seeing me, if there's 8 billion of them, they'd all have the same answer You're a you, bro. You. <laughs> I am definitely seeing you. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not seeing me. <laughs> you know, I'm seeing you. Okay, so I'm seeing you. So the head says, well, who is this I or who is this you? It's me. Yeah, The me is the act of the, I, the mind, the mental process, claiming the I and identifying with a you and then calling it me. There's only one me out of billions of yous. One me and there'll never be more than one me. In a sense, I'm the center of the whole universe. There's only one me in this whole place of yous. You're all yous to me. Yeah? The I is forgotten, because the I is the I. That's the only thing that's seeing through all this whole event, is I. The I is forgotten. It's taken to be identified with a you, and then called a me. That's what, that's what it is. That's the initial claiming, in a sense. And then from there on... The story of I is totally forgotten, and it's written based on the false authorship of me. Yeah? So the story of I is forgotten, and now it's all about me. <laughs> and then, like St. Francis says, what's looking, which is the I, is what you are looking for, and the you is the me that's looking for. So the me is looking for what's looking, which is the I, which is actually the only thing that's looking for. But I thought it was me that's looking. There's the confusion. So when the me's there, it'll never see the I. So it's constantly looking for what's looking, but it doesn't, can't see it because it's calling it me. Yeah? Instead of recognizing it as I. It's simple as that, really. Very simple. It just makes it very, very simple. Like that. Yeah? And then you would be amazed how, how much interest you'll have in all the other you's. Because you'll be seeing them as I, yeah? <laughs> not as a you in relation to a me, but a you as in relation to an I, which is actually I I. <laughs> so, like in recovery, it says you'll lose interest in this, in yourself and your little plans and design, and gain interest in others. This is just an effect of something being entertained. Yeah, the mind shifts, shifts out of me, shifts out of you, shifts, let's say, back into I. And when it sees a you, it senses an I. And when it sees a you, it doesn't sense a me. Yeah. And it sort of initiates a traveling lighter that seems to have a lot of life in it. It doesn't mean it'll change the geography of your life. You may go to jail, you may not, who knows. Everyone has their own little things that are being worked out here in the action figure world. But you'll travel lighter over it all. No, not in timelessness, but there's cause and effect here. But you're not the cause. That's a good one to know. Yeah. Yeah. And timelessness. T- see, to me, the flavor of timelessness. I would. I call it a pause a lot. That's how it senses with me. Where in, in each moment, pr- like when you were playing, it was. Be- it was lifted into a very obvious state. But each moment, there's activity, but it's totally surrounded in silence. So, so that pause is is what allows the note to be really appreciated, yeah, is the silence. Yeah. It's the same thing with life overall. It's the sense of presence of, or of the i that actually produces a deeper appreciation in the appearance of the manifesting. Yeah. Being obsessed with it as me seems to sort of produce a density, yeah? Where notes start just like rubbing, like chalkboards sounds. Yeah, there's no, there's no sense of any kind of harmony or any melody or anything. But as soon as that's lifted, and that 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 claustrophobic obsession with you as a me gets lifted, it's uh, how you travel during a day is quite different. Yeah just feel, it's just like, like, I like to use the word free-ranging, you know, it's just a, a sense of freedom that's available, yeah. Why? Because there was no bondage, really. It's not like the freedom you get after you get out of jail. There's a certain sense of freedom, but it's produced by the sense of being in jail. This is not that. This freedom says there never was a bondage. When this freedom hits you, it was like you would never been freed from anything. You see the, uh, the, uh, the phantom-like uh, appearance of what was taken to be real. You just see it very clearly, yeah? It's always been the phantom. That's one of the strongest feelings of it, if you want to call it anything in time. It's just like there's never been any solidity to this whole act. Yeah. So for me, the real freedom is that there is no bondage, yeah? Well, let's say there's no one who could be bonded see that. It was cooking this question. I don't know. i called all kinds of questions. I don't know how to put my words. But uh, basically, uh, you said something interesting on Friday where if you were just the, the normal, self-centered person, you'd never be able to do this, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there would be reasons why I couldn't. Many yeah. nights and many days. Yeah. But yeah. so basically, anyways, uh, awareness is something you It's something that has to happen, like that five minutes you were talking about, where you, or not you, but it has to be happening. Yeah, yeah, But it is happening awareness, that's the beauty. It doesn't have to happen, it is. But you can't work at it, like, tomorrow I'm going to work really hard at being, not me, but... Well, you can, give it a shot. (laughs) The best thing would happen, you'll probably get exhausted by it, and that would be a good...
1: Well, that's what I mean, the effort...
0: Well, I'm just, hopefully people who've done it will help this help save you time by telling you, hey, <laughs> maybe you could bypass that. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was once with this uh, Course in Miracle group that had a lot of demonstrations, a lot of powerful kundalini and people going into trances and everything. And if you were into that, it was very attractive because it's, I, I thought demonstrations would prove like spirituality, you know? So I was involved with that, and I was involved with a woman there. She'd been there for five years, and we went out together. And she was one of the major demonstrators. I mean, she'd go to these functions, these meetings, and she'd just go, I mean, like a nuclear reactor, light, tons of whatever. And then after, uh, so we were going out, and she told me, you know, it doesn't mean anything. And she saved me a lot of time, Seriously. I got it. I said, "All right," <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it didn't mean anything. It was all just phenomena and experiences, yeah. The, the the real The real for me, the joy is like a dog shit awareness. Really, it's just it's not a very big like uh, whistles and horns. It's just like a the emphasis moves a little from thing to no thing, in a sense. And why it can move from things is it moves from one thing, which is you, as in action figure. You lose interest in that. That's what's causing you to have interest in everything else as a thing, is that you're interested in you as a thing. Yeah? Seriously. When that... So I don't want to go try to work at trying to lose interest in things here. Let's just lose interest in this one thing, let's say, and see what happens. So when I... When the loss of interest occurred, the mind's emphasis shifted. With didn't, It didn't seem to get pushed or get like... Uh, it was more like placed in the position of neutrality. It just sort of moved and that little bit of calibration changed the experience here, like profoundly. Going from here to here. Yeah, yeah, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't even noticeable. You couldn't see anything ha- really happening, but there was a little bit of a new calibration and when it locked in, the aperture opened up and Let's say the filming was continuing, as it was continuing, but the sense of it all changed dramatically, yeah? And you weren't the director behind the camera anymore, which was really nice. (laughs) You were dismissed, and then, you know, (laughs) you're like, you know, maybe you'll be a star one day, a handyman the next day, a carpenter on the set the next day, you know, get them some water the next day. Everything is seat assignments, and it's musical chairs. Yeah, This isn't my job. There's not an engraved plate with my name on it. Paul Hedman, Satsang Giver. <laughs> First of all, there's nothing called non-duality. It's a negation. Non-duality means not to. It's, there's, there's never been a non-duality meeting. It'd be impossible. <laughs> it's about, and so if someone's trying to teach non-duality, it's impossible. You can teach about duality. You can inform people about duality. And in seeing duality and entertaining it may not be so, that will not lead, but that will make non-duality obvious. But you cannot make non-duality obvious by pointing at it. You make it obvious by pointing at what it's not, which is duality. By pointing at duality and saying, oh, check out this system of either-or. It's like a binary system. Take out the system with the center of being a subject, yeah? And everything else cast as an object to this subject, this false subject. This is all duality. All this, all the themes and all the gradations of this whole place are dualistically based. Yeah? So the mind is split and it's dreaming in a split manner. Yeah? So if you see that, what the splitness will lead to is what's not split. But you can't go to what's not split from splitness. You've got to see the splitness, in my in my field of it, and by telling the truth about the splitness, that's the non-splitness, because you are already that, yeah? But it's, so, for me to point over, to say, oh, that's what you are, is a redundancy, because what's hearing it is what you're not. So now you'll make what you are something to what you're not. That's not it. But by questioning what you're not, yeah, and seeing you're not that, that's it, Yeah? Because you are already that which you are. It's not that you need to, that to be pointed out to you. What you need to be pointed out to is what you're not, because there's a taking of that to be who you are. Yeah? And if you can point it out clearly enough, the head goes, what? And it I may not be that. And then immediately, I can be free of it. And that's that. But when it's trying to be free as it, that's the suffering of spiritual seeking. Now you're seeking... From 2 to get to oneness. Yeah? From a subject-object modality trying to get to the pure subject. It's impossible. It's just realizing you're not the subject. The object is not the subject. There's just subjectivity. That's it. Yeah? It's crazy, I think, to go the other way. There's tons of beautiful descriptions about oneness, but everyone's hearing it with, like, sheep ears, you know? They're hearing about being a lion, and it sounds great, but it's like being a lion, be a lion, being a lion, then I can become like a lion. That's not it. Yeah? Because if the primary identification is you're a sheep, no matter how much you become like a lion, you're going to become like a lion, like a sheep. Yeah? This is like question, are you a sheep? If you're not a sheep, roar! (laughs) You know, what's the point? Don't waste any more time. Roar! What? I'm not ready to roar. Well, then you're a sheep still, seemingly. When you get out, I'm not a sheep, you roar. Yeah? It's immediate. Ding. The lion doesn't think about taking roaring classes, does it? No. Of course not. I gotta work, I gotta I gotta practice my roaring. Give me a break. This is a natural consequence from the lion. Yeah? It's the sheep that practices roaring. And you're not a sheep. You're a lion, and that's just an example. You're not a lion either, but it's a way of trying to express something. You know? So I always like to go questioning, yes, what seems to be happening. And especially what is happening to. Yeah, Because that's the subject-object condition that the selfing is in. Selfing places itself to be the subject. Once it's the subject, everything has to become an object to it. Or it won't seem to be the subject. So truth seems to be something I can get. Enlightenment will be something, as an object, that will happen to me, that will make me a better subject. Yeah, This is the, this is the trap of duality, yeah, in a way. And no way two-ness is going to leave as two-ness and become one. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Self is never going to get out of self. You're not going to, every place self arises and shows up, that's the fence post of selfing. Self is never going to climb over the fence of selfing and be on the other side. Wherever it shows up is the fence. Yeah? Selfing can't get out of self. That's the beautiful news. So if you just question, am I in self? And then you entertain, hey, I'm not that. That's being out of self. The being out of self is realizing you were never or could never or can never be in self. That's the realization. It's not like a realization, I was in self, now I'm out of self. You'll be back in self again. Yeah, you will. If when you stop practicing what you thought took you out of self or somehow, and that's the plain God that self does. Yeah? But if you're not, you've never been in self, that's being out of it. Yeah? With no return door. Yeah. We said it yesterday, the day before. People are trying to get into a moment that they could not possibly be out of. There's no way that you are ever gonna be out of a moment while you're here. You are the moment, yeah? So everyone's trying to read books, How to Get More Into the Moment, and super turbocharged moment and I'm gonna I'm really, really in the moment, and then really, really, really in the moment, yeah? But you can't be out of it, really. You can't be out of the moment. And now a lot of people are trying to get out of self and they actually can't be in it. Yeah. It's like two opposite movements with the idea that they're getting somewhere. Yeah. They're trying to get out of what they can't be in and they're trying to get in what they can't be out. <laughs> this is simple, really. The minds, the building blocks are all skewered in this dualistic frame. We're just checked. It changes. Then everything, blue becomes blue and red becomes red. It becomes clear. Yeah? Not to you. Just clear. Yeah. say it was Something gift, there, yes, it was grace. But I also want you to see, you know, just throw out to you, you didn't use yet. Today, have you? So no, I, I actually went to a house to use but, but you uh, didn't. They weren't there and <laughs> somehow I ended up I called and <laughs> <them. laughs> now you're here. <laughs> My it was friend so and, uh, he called me <laughs> on the way and I was just going to pass his house. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. It's not that weird. <laughs> you know, we'll talk later if you like. We'll talk later about stuff, you know, on a certain level. But you have to realize, in this place of appearance, there's a, there's a confusion about levels too, meaning it's not a high or low level, just levels. And so if you're in a level of consequences and your house is on fire, you need a pail of water you don't need a philosophy about there is no fire and there's no pale you know there's no need for water you just get the water yeah take some actions yes take some actions so to ensure that you have some kind of safety some basic safety because alcoholism to me is like a parasite it's a very strong mental groove like in india they would call them samskaras i think right alcoholism is a deep mental groove very deep mental groove and it t- and when it takes the mind over, uh, there's not much of a fight you can put up with, yeah, if it's been taken over. You have to recognize that and then take the right appropriate steps. In other words, you need to be in a supervised place or something so that they will stop you from using, yeah, until you can live without using yourself. You have to re- recognize your limitations because mind. Like, I find here, really, this is a, a, a way of things that can't take form to take expression, like mental winds, almost, yeah? And there's a lot of mental winds blowing. And you have a tendency to attract one called alcoholism and addiction. Once that wind the mental wind blows through you like she was blowing through that flute, a certain song is played. You should be able to recognize that note of the beginning of that song. And then you've got to take... You've got to take shelter. Like, I spent two years and three months in drug and alcohol programs because I could not live outside. I had to be institutionalized for a long period of time for something to be broken. And even then it wasn't broken. And I had to be broken by getting my ass kicked once again until I came into recovery and I was defeated. And I admitted my defeat. The system had completely collapsed and I was just a ruined, wrecked action figure. Yeah? I mean, just beat to a pulp. Then I got convinced. After all those years, something happened. That time in that little thing when that grace occurred, I've been convinced since then. Yeah? It's a done deal. That problem doesn't exist for me anymore. And it doesn't exist as me. That's the real key. And, uh, And it hasn't for 24 years. So for me, that's a huge demonstration of the power that's available. And all that's needed is to find a power greater than what you would call self. And you will not find it through self. You won't. You've got to... Uh, if you can't take a good, sound account of how fucked you are, you've got to let listen to other people tell you, really, and take some advice and go into a place and let yourself get somewhat straightened out, so that when you do entertain this idea, there'll be a space enough to entertain the idea. There won't be sirens going off and needles being broken into the fucking veins and like that. Yeah, yeah. You just... uh, It's important to recognize the condition you're in, and if you can't, you've got to listen to others who can. Yeah, that's what happened with me. You know, I knew I was screwed, and so then I... You know, it just worked for me. So we'll talk later, though, if you like. Hey, we're going to take a break, I guess, now. Is that all right? And then we'll come back, get something to eat and stuff. There's plenty of restaurants down uh, the main road and stuff.